With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The exclusive home for the Sunny Talk Sports Podcast is Hardwood in Hollywood. Hardwood in Hollywood is covering the biggest sports and pop culture stories in the news over the last couple of weeks, we've had NBA coverage, various year-end TV award columns, and reviews for Star Wars, The Shape of Water, The Disaster Artist, Bright, and many other movies. Additionally, my 2018 bracketology projections are being updated at least twice a week and daily starting in March. And this year, I'm going to be entering my projections in the Bracket Matrix, which is the biggest bracketology competition on the Internet. So make sure you're following along with that up until Selection Sunday. Tonight, I'll be talking with Paul Clark about the college football bowl games, the end of the NFL season, and we'll be picking the four wild card round games. It'll be in two parts. So this is part one. We'll be talking about college football. So let's get to it. TMC, Paul Clark. Paulie, welcome back. We had a, a little hiatus there for a while. Yeah, you know, we were off for a couple weeks, but, uh, you know, it's nice to be back out. we got a lot to cover. Good holiday season, good new year. Yeah, it was, you know, nice. You know, Christmas is always Christmas, and, you know, ball season is fantastic. You know, you get college football every day, all day at night. You can't beat that. You really can't, and the, it. For the most part, I feel like the big games have delivered. Um, I, I guess we should probably start with the, the two semifinal playoff games. Georgia-Oklahoma, there's a really nice history of, of really solid Rose Bowl games. Um, and this one was probably the best one since the Texas-USC National Championship game back in 2006. Yeah, I mean, it had a little bit of everything. I mean, the first half, it just looked like, you know, Oklahoma's offense was just rolling. Mayfield was moving him up and down the field. Uh, six plays, touchdown, six plays, touchdown. He was doing a lot of dancing. And uh, halftime came, and Kirby Smart made a lot of good adjustments. And uh, Roquan Smith came out in the second half and played with a vengeance. And that Georgia defense really showed up, only giving up seven points you know, in the second half and only giving up three points, you know, in two overtimes to that high-powered offense is quite an accomplishment. And they they really showed out in uh, Georgia's offense and running game, you know, just stuck with it and, uh, you know, in the end prevailed. Yeah, they ran the ball really well. 34 rushes, 317 yards. That's 9.3 yards per carry. And I, I didn't think that Jake Fromm played bad either. No, he, he, had a, he had a nice game. They had the quick passing game working. Um, and, and when you got backs like Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb, I mean, they proved yesterday that any time they touched the ball, it could be, you know, house calls. And uh, they both had long runs. Sony Michelle had a really nice game, you know, other than that fumble. 
but uh, those guys are really good, and I'm definitely looking forward to Monday night. Yeah, Michelle had a 75-yard touchdown run, a 38-yard touchdown run, 27-yard touchdown run, and Chubb went for 50. Um, I, I guess going up against Alabama's defense will be a slightly different animal. The nightcap uh, wasn't as great. Alabama's defense absolutely stifled Clemson in a major way. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I talked about some left some plays out there. But for the most part, Alabama's, you know, was in the backfield every play. You know, they played with a point to prove last night, and uh, they did it. And you know, mid, you know, start of the second second half, Clemson gets the turnover. Uh, they get the field goal. They get a three and out. All the momentum's their way. They're driving again, and then Bryant gets hit and throws that pick, and then it just kind of, you know, back. You know, it, it went bad for them from there on out, but. You know, if you look at Alabama's offense, it wasn't really much to write home about. But they just rolled that defense the national championship game. Yeah, that that felt like a typical Alabama win. Offensively, they didn't look great. They didn't show much. Um, but their defense is just, as usual, so loaded with future pros, and they're so well coached. And um, Kelly Bryant wasn't ready for the stage. As you texted me, during the game, that was not Deshaun Watson back there. No, and uh, you know, I think I think what a lot of people are overlooking in that game too was the field position. Um, Alabama, was, I think their average start was the forty-eight. Clemson's average start was like their own seventeen. I mean, that's that's huge. A game like that when you're, when both teams are riding their defense and. Uh, Alabama has got the big stops, created the field position turn, and you know they 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 did what they had to do to win. So stylistically, looking at Monday night, what kind of game do you think we're going to see out of Alabama and Georgia? Does it more likely resemble what we saw in the Sugar Bowl, or is there a chance that this could turn into a bit of a track meet? It's not going to be a track meet. It's it's going to be too. I mean, it's it's Nick Saban and the Nick Saban disciple. You know, it, right? They, they, Kirby Smart is making Georgia and Alabama. You know, they run the ball. I, I think I think looking at it, if, if you look, I mean, Georgia's got more weapons offensively. Obviously, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just going to be a matter of. You know, if the freshmen could hold up and not turn the ball over, if they're going to be able to run the ball. And, you know, in turn, is Alabama going to be able to move the ball on Georgia? Because not too many teams have been able to just line up and run it on Georgia. No, it was uh, – I don't know. I, I I like Georgia in the Rose Bowl heading in. Um, you did as well. I definitely – I was – Surprised that Oklahoma moved the ball as easily as they did in that first half. That I I expected Georgia to win, and even in that game when Oklahoma was moving the ball, the fact that Georgia was too, and it seemed like any time Michelle or Chubb touched the ball, they could take it to the house. Um, it seemed like they were in it. It never felt like the game was out of reach, but it was. Definitely a surprise to see 
Oklahoma moved the ball with such ease because those first two drives, it was it was clinical. Well, you know, I was also surprised. I mean, but if you think about it, Georgia doesn't face an offense like that all year. I mean, in the SEC, no. they're they're not facing a, a style of offense like that. You know what I mean? So I think at halftime they made their adjustments, and you could tell in the second half they were just a much more confident and aggressive defense. And I tell you what. They put a lot of big hits on Baker Mayfield in the second half. Yeah, they did. Um, so, heading into the national championship game, do you feel like these are the two best teams in the country? I, I mean, obviously. I mean, I, I think they are. I think they – I mean, if you look at it, Alabama had one loss all year. Georgia had one loss all year. was on the road, obviously, to the same team. Um, you know, Alabama – showed that, you know, they got a little healthier. You know, the month off, they got a little healthier. That defense looked like that defense they did look week one against Florida State when they, you know, knocked DeAndre Francois out for the year. And, you know, Florida State just couldn't do nothing against them. Um, you know, Georgia the same way. If you look at Georgia throughout the year, they pretty much dominated everybody. They had the one hiccup, but every other game, they pretty much controlled fairly easily. And, uh, you know, I think if you line those two teams up against anybody, you know, I I would take that, uh, just my opinion. But, again, it looks like the SEC is going to reign supreme. So who do you take in this one? Who's your pick for the national championship then? You know, it's really tough to pick against Alabama in a game like this. Um. But I've kind of been on George's bandwagon all you know since I saw him play early in the year. I, I don't know. I just think I just think they got more game breakers offensively. I think they That's I think how I with feel. Chubb. I think Chubb and Michelle, you know, they're they're just game breakers. And if Alabama makes one mistake, it's going to be six points for Georgia. And uh, you know, I I just don't I don't like Alabama's offense. I'm just not big on Jalen Hurts. I, I mean. I don't know. I, I just don't see really them moving the ball too much. I think their defense is really going to have to carry the load for them to win this game. Um, I, I know Georgia's underdog. I think Georgia's going to win a close game outright. I actually haven't seen the line. What's the line heading into the game? I think what I saw last night was five and a half. Hmm. Yeah, that. I don't know who, what, what kind of game breakers Alabama played this year. It, I mean, they haven't faced anybody like Georgia. They haven't had to deal with two backs who could take it to the house every play. Clemson doesn't have that. They don't have Deshaun Watson. Um, even their skill position players this year aren't nearly as talented as they were last year. Um, I'm with you. I think that. What I saw from Georgia's defense in the second half, it makes me feel like they're going to have no problem containing Alabama. And I think offensively, they they just have a little bit more than Alabama does. So I'm with you. I I would take Georgia um, plus five and a half or whatever it is and outright. I I think this is uh, Georgia's year, plus playing a home game, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's basically a home game for them. Another thing I like to look at, I mean, this doesn't always work out. 
I mean, obviously Alabama defensively has a million players and not not shortchanging Nico Fitzpatrick at all because he, he's a fantastic player. But I think if you look, the best player offensively and the best player defensively in the game both play for Georgia. So. Yeah, yeah, you're likely right. And I don't know how often that works out, but it, it does sound good in theory. <laughs> I mean, I just – Mika Fitz, I mean, Alabama, obviously, defensively, they're going to be fine. Uh, Georgia is not going to score, you know, they're not going to score 52 points or whatever. They score 50, whatever, 54 or whatever they ended up with yesterday. They're obviously not going to score that many, but, you know, just with Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb, you know, then they got a few other guys. They got this Swift kid that comes in sometimes. He's really good. And, and from as long as he can not. Uh, you know, turn the ball over. I, I think yeah, the game. yeah. I was impressed with Fromm. I I wasn't sure how he would be um, in that spot. You know, true freshman going up against the Heisman winner. There are a couple times where he needed to make some big third down throws, and he hit every one. It seemed like. Yeah, and you know he did fall behind thirty-one to fourteen. I mean, he made the big throw before halftime, got him in field goal range. You know, he made the big throw and the touchdown uh, to put him up seven. He made a big scramble on the final drive to tie it and hit Sony Michelle on a little dump where he got out of trouble and he made a nice play there. You know, he connected on a third and ten on a crossing pattern, and uh, you know the kid showed a lot of poise. He never really got frazzled and. Hey, where he could have, you know. I mean, they were in a rough spot for a, a while in that game. Yeah, there were a number of times where all it would have taken was one bad throw, one interception in that game. You know, a 14-point lead or a 17-point lead suddenly becomes 21 or 24, and then it's out of reach. Um, but he, he never he never made that throw, and that's pretty impressive for a true freshman. Um what were what are, were some of your other big takeaways from the New Year's Six Bowl games or just the, the bowl season in general? Um, you know, to go back to that, to back to the Rose Bowl, Paul Lincoln Riley got a little conservative, you know, especially in overtime. I I, I thought Tiny took the ball out of Baker Mayfield's hands a little bit, and I was surprised yeah. about that. Um, I thought maybe you know, fourth and probably. A, a half a yard on that for in the first overtime. I'm thinking about going for that. I mean, you got your best unit on the field. You've been, I mean, haven't had too many minus plays on the day. I mean, I might try to win the game right there. Um, yeah, I, I expected that they would. I was I was surprised too that they opted to kick the field goal. And um, actually, when when uh, they called the timeout. And then they came back to take the field goal, and Georgia called the timeout. I thought to myself, this is going to end up costing Georgia because now this guy's going to go for it. Yeah. Yep, I was uh, I was kind of thinking the same thing. And the, the entire second half, too, I felt like he kind of took his foot off the gas pedal when, when Georgia – they they needed to make their run, and it could have been up to Mayfield to put them away without Georgia even having a chance to hang in there, but it seemed like he got conservative. Um, um, 
I mean, what, what could you say about Scott Frost? I mean, the guy just had a masterful season at, at Central Florida. I mean, they were over two years ago. Now they come out and uh, they go undefeated, 13 and all. Uh, beat Auburn. Uh, controlled the game really for the most part. Auburn started the third quarter on you know they scored 14, but you know for the most part Central Florida you know hung in there and they played a really good game and and this uh, I think his name is Shaquan Griffin or whatever. Uh, you just got to give that guy a ton of credit because he's an absolute stud. Yeah, he, <laughs> the the UCF defense was way better than I expected they would be. Um, I had only seen them a few times and. The, both the games that I saw them play were shootouts. The, the American South Florida, yeah, the American Championship game, and then the South Florida game the week before. Um, that's kind of what I was expecting out of the game with Auburn. I didn't. I thought that UCF would be able to move the ball against them, um, but I thought Auburn would be able to answer. I, I liked UCF going into the game, um, but that that was not the kind of that was not the kind of uh, result that I was expecting. Um, and Nebraska's got one heck of a coach. I mean, I said to you, how good is Nebraska going to be in two or three years when once he starts recruiting some of those better Midwest players? Um, he's already got a little bit of a Florida pipeline now. I think that they could be right up there with Wisconsin and, and Ohio State and Penn State as the class of the Big Ten pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, it's just going to be a, a selling point of getting a, a South Florida kid convinced that it's okay to go to Nebraska and play football and, and right. go to the cold weather, you know. And, uh, it, you know, selling them to go to Central Florida, a little easier, you know, you're staying in the state. Nebraska, that that's going to be the tough part. And if he could do it, I mean, the guy's obviously a great football mind. I mean, what he's done in just a couple years at Central Florida is remarkable. So let me let me ask you this. We we agree that that Alabama and Georgia are the two best teams in the country, and they're in the national championship game, and that's fine, that's ideal. But doesn't this still this season particularly? It feels like a team where an 18 playoff would have been necessary, and you know maybe we end up at the same spot. But you have this. You have this mid-major team, UCS, that went 13-0, and and they beat the team that has the only regular season win over the two teams in the national championship. No, they're not as good as Alabama or Georgia, but the system seems broken when an undefeated conference championship, or conference champion, rather, that was the highest-scoring team in the country, they don't even get a chance to play for the national title. It just it seems very weird to me. And you you have the Big Ten who was left out of the playoffs, and they were seven and one in bowl games this year. And Ohio State won convincingly against USC, and Wisconsin had a solid win. That was basically a road game against Miami in the Orange Bowl. It just seems like some of those other teams should have had a shot at it. Yeah, I mean. Central Florida to me definitely should have. I, I really don't think too many other teams got a got a gripe other than Central Florida. Um, well, we we argued about this a, a little bit when we were 
talking about the the selection of Alabama. I I thought that Ohio State had more of a chance to sneak in the playoffs than you did. I thought that um, one bad loss to Iowa shouldn't have been like a permanent stain on their resume, um, especially considering the fact that they won the Big Ten and. You know, to some degree, I feel justified because the Big Ten was really good in, in their bowl games. Um, Big Ten was seven and one in their bowl games. Um, I'm not sure how how great they really were, though. I mean, I'm not trying to be a Big Ten hater here, but like, if you watch that Ohio State USC game the other night, Ohio State's offense is horrible. Like that offense is bad. I mean, they didn't move. They didn't even remotely move the ball at all in the second half. Darnold literally gave them three touchdowns in the first half. Like, and can we talk about Sam Darnold for a second? Am I the only one who's missing? Like, why he's a consensus like possible number one overall pick? I, I don't get it. Well, I'm, I'm gonna tell you. It's funny you ask that because last night as I was getting ready to go to bed, last year's Rose Bowl was on. So I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to watch USC play last year and see how he was Darnold, really good. How Darnold he was, he was, Yeah. But I'm going to tell you this. His offensive line was way better. He had a guy named Juju Smith-Schuster that he was throwing the ball to. I mean, his his surrounding cast was way better. If you watch that game against Ohio State, he had no chance. His offensive line got whooped by Ohio State's defensive line. Whooped. They did. And don't get me wrong, Darnold made some bad plays in that game. But if you if you really, I mean, look at some of the throws he makes. Some of the throws he makes are like, wow, that, there it is right there. You know what I mean? I but think that's what I hear about Mitch Trubisky, too. <laughs> and I, I know how that's working out. I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I just feel like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think Darnold is a, a sure shot. I, yeah, I don't. I just don't buy him as a ten year league starting quarterback. I, I don't think he's a can't miss guy. I don't think any of these guys this year are can't miss guys. To me, if I'm drafting one, I'm taking Saquon Barkley, and it's not even a question. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, that he, guy's phenomenal. Yeah, um, I, like, I, I get the importance of having your, your quarterback of the future, and, you know, you win up front, so it's important to get a stud offensive lineman or stud defensive lineman. But when you have basically, like, a future Hall of Fame running back just sitting there, I just feel like you got to grab him. And to me... Like, I don't know, a lot of people might think I'm totally crazy, but I don't think you're getting much more out of Rosen or Josh Allen or Darnold than you'll get out of Deshaun Kaiser next year. Like, what what more are they going to do than Deshaun Kaiser? Right. I mean, you can't expect to draft one of those quarterbacks and throw him in there as a rookie like you did Kaiser and, and think he's going to be some kind of miracle worker. I mean, you're going to be in the same spot because if you look at their quarterback room, it's all first, second, third-year guys. Like, right. they have no veterans to show them how it's done. No veterans yeah, I, to say, listen, like, 
like you 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 can't win in the NFL if you don't have at least one. I mean, you got to have somebody that's like showing you the ropes a little bit. I mean, if you look at Cleveland, they got Hogan, uh, Kaiser, and the other guy they drafted from USC. With I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Um, hmm. Well, that, that speaks that speaks volumes about <laughs> where he's at in his career. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm just. You know, he's a second-year guy. They drafted him. He played a little bit as a rookie, and he played a couple games this year. But, I mean, what are you going to do? Just keep drafting guys, and then every year you're just going to have a first- and second-year quarterback. Right. You know, if they're, yeah. not, if they're not good again next year, what are you going to draft another quarterback? That was uh, Cody Kessler that you were Cody Kessler, about. yes, yes. So, yeah, I'm with you. You have those two top, what are they, top four picks, one and four yeah. or one and five. Yeah, you grab Barkley with number one and, and you you improve your, either your front seven or your offensive line with with uh, number four. I, I think that's kind of simple. Um, whether the Browns will will follow that advice is, is it, that remains to be seen. Um, I don't have a whole lot of faith that they're going to execute those two picks very well, but we'll see. Um, it, they've been known to blow, you know, blow the picks a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Um, Saquon Barkley should be easy number one. And I, you know, I could be wrong with, with Darnold and even Rosen. I don't, I don't get, the the overwhelming Rosen height, but I'll be honest with you, out of the three, I like Josh Allen the best. I know you like who? Josh Allen from mm, Wyoming. Wyoming. Yep. I I didn't really see much of him, but when I watched him in the bowl game, he's got a a cannon for an arm, and I don't know. I, I just feel a little bit like you know he could be like a Carson Wentz. You know what I mean? People were saying does, the same thing. It does kind of seem like there's a history of, like, smaller school quarterbacks excelling. You know, I just think, you know, he doesn't play the competition, so they think he's not as good. But in the NFL, like, uh, you've got to have the arm. It doesn't matter who you played for in college or whatever. you got to have the smarts in the arm. And this guy can make every throw and – you know, if I'm Cleveland, I might go Barkley one and then try to grab Allen at four if I'm trying to get a quarterback. I, I would stay away. I would just, I mean, here's the thing. If I would stay there, away too. I would stay away too. I'm just saying if I'm if they're going to go for a quarterback, he's the guy I'd go for. To me, if Kaiser is bad, then you just take another year of him and you're bad again. And, and you're playing under Hugh Jackson, and he's bad. And then next year, you you have a high draft pick again. Then you get your quarterback. But show your needs elsewhere. It's not like this is a team that is a quarterback away. No. I mean, no, they're a team with a team, bad. So. Yeah, a team with a bad quarterback doesn't. Like, if that's your only need, you don't go in sixteen. You find ways to win a few games. This is just a a bad all-around team. They need playmakers. They need help defensively. Um, they need help up front. It, it just needs help. Period. Yeah, 
They, they need like a full blown football exorcism. Really, <laughs> that's where they stand. Um, anything else that we have to go over college football wise? Um, you know, I, I I just thought you know it was a pretty good bowl season. Uh, the Rose Bowl was obviously probably one of the better games I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, Alabama dominated. Uh, the Peach Bowl was great. I thought the Ro- or I thought the Orange Bowl was a really good game. Miami and Wisconsin. I thought that game was a really entertaining game. Um, yep. I, the Penn State Washington game turned out to be a really good game. Looked like it was going to be a blowout. Washington made a late run at them. That turned out to be a really good game. Well, one of the more boneheaded. Um, late game lateral decisions I've ever seen in that Penn State Washington game. Yeah. Um I just had a Hail Mary. All you had to do was run out of bounds. Yeah, yeah. There were what, four seconds left on the clock at the end of that play and yep. he, he was at about the forty five yard line. That's not even like a, a a deep Hail Mary. That's very doable. Yeah. Um but it's funny though. It was Chris Peterson, and you almost knew it was coming. Oh yeah. Um, you know, ten or eleven years earlier, doing <laughs> doing that same thing in the Fiesta Bowl against Oklahoma. One of my favorite random picks that I ever made that was right, picking Boise State over Oklahoma in that game. Yeah. Yep. I was just a youngster back then too. Yeah, I think I was only. I think what was that? Two thousand six or seven? So I was either. I, I think you were. I think you were sitting at a, the ripe age of uh, fourteen. Uh, yeah, I think I was fourteen years old. Um, yeah, Boise over Oklahoma is one of my all-time favorite random <laughs> sports calls. That and uh, Hassan Whiteside being a good NBA player back before the two thousand ten NBA draft. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I think that probably wraps up. Um, all the stuff we have on college, it, I, I feel bad that we didn't get a chance to do the, the full-blown college football bowl preview, um, but some, you know, some circumstances out of our control led to that being delayed. I was sick. You were in Vegas. You were sick. Um, Christmas, then New Year's, and it was just tough to, to get that, um, Solidified and find a date for it, but definitely so, uh, next year we'll, we'll need to we'll need to find a a date to do that. But before we wrap up this, where you're you're also going with Georgia Monday night. Yeah, yeah, I like Georgia. I think I you're think all going to be all about them pack of dogs. All about them pack of dogs. Yeah. Well, Maria has a dog, and her name is Olive, and I I love Olive. Uh, you know the Alabama. Mascots and elephant. I'm not. I'm not too keen on elephants. It, they probably wouldn't even be one of my five favorite jungle animals. Um, I also I really, have a dog, so I do really. Mean, so <laughs> I do really enjoy the movie Forrest Gump. Um, he played for Alabama. He played for Alabama. I, I love B Rabbit's rendition of Sweet Home Alabama and Eight Mile. Yeah, it's it's very good. My, my dad is a big Leonard Skinner fan, uh, the original singers of, of Sweet Home Alabama. But I like P.I. 
I like T.I., and he's from Georgia. You like Real Housewives of Atlanta? No. No, but I like the Atlanta Hawks old 1980s uniforms, and I like their their old like blue Dominique and lime Wilkins? green. Dominique, the, probably the best in-game dunker ever. He he dunked hard, and he put a lot of dudes on posters. Yeah, Alabama and you know what? Alabama doesn't even have an NBA team, so that they're automatically out of contention. They definitely never had Spud Webb play for him, so. No. All right, that wraps up part one, Polly. We'll uh, we'll get off here and then call back again in a minute to start part two. NFL awards and wild card weekend picks. So if you're interested in that, which if you like college football and listen to this one, you likely are. Make sure you are on the lookout for part two tomorrow. Polly. Stick around and listen to the NFL. It's going to be a good podcast. Absolutely. Well put. All right, buddy. Talk. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.